Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Sidetrack Music Podcast. Um, Zephyr, hello. Hello. It's been time. Well, yeah, I mean, you said, we, we, yeah, as, as we're recording, um, this episode is meant to go out tomorrow. So we, we're doing a bit of a, <laughs> I guess, the equivalent of cramming for an exam. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, we're going to, we're doing our best to get it out. And uh, Zach, hello. I see you've been uh, on, on the London music scene doing your gigs. I have. I have been around um, gigging with my band out and about. On the London scene, I like it. I like it. I, I went um, to go see them. They were oh, very, very, course. very good. I know, I so can can we have an it. honest, honest review rating? Honest of, review. Uh, it, how many it, banjos out of ten? You know, how many banjos out of ten? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that means, but um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a scale. <laughs> it's a scale. Um, I'm gonna give it twenty-two banjos out of ten. Oh wow, Zephyr is our our top fan girl. Yeah, um, I was literally well at the done. front recording everything, going. <laughs> the whole time um, exactly um, i actually was as well and Zephyr i recorded incredibly helpful um doing mr producer while i was on stage because yeah I, I had to help him like adjust because the, the, the sound engineer was like being a bit bad so i was just I, like, I kind of i would look at zephyr and zephyr would kind of gesture to me guitar too loud and i have to from stage look at the mixing guy and point to the guitar and then point down um, <laughs> that's how bad it got um, yeah but, but the, you know. it was generally like <laughs> apart from that it was amazing like everything sounded so good and well, i'm really looking you. forward to you blowing up zach and it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen soon oh, for us on instagram the the selena <laughs> yeah we'll probably link them actually we'll probably shout them out on the music podcast mm. uh, instagram and twitter Absolutely. and all of the socials that we have great just shamelessly plugging myself <laughs> that's what i was about to say i was i was about to beat zach do you want to shamelessly plug your bad oh. no, you <laughs> i did it anyway you did it anyway no needed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we've also actually to mention we've got some stickers that um if you're yes. friends of friends and family of us you'll probably see them around i put one on my fridge in my house um because <laughs> everyone's gonna see that no, yeah, exactly. I, i'm not saying they're gonna see the one on my fridge but um we're no, to I'm gonna try... slightly more than no, immediate gonna... family members I, i'm gonna get one in jazz fm and one's going in the oh, jazz FM studios okay yeah, okay yeah so that's a good one um my dad's gonna put that there and then i'm gonna try and get um a couple in school and zach i think you're gonna put some at guild hall so hopefully we get some new listeners yeah. from that yeah. and hopefully if yeah. you're listening and now this is where you found us from the sticker and maybe across london and canada Jules, and maybe from zephyr's fridge yeah um, <laughs> obviously mo- the most the cultural most hub streams. of london where everyone goes and <laughs> yeah checks out new podcasts i mean yeah right. so check it see yeah if, let, let us know if you see if you see our stickers around in london or montreal um or take that, a that's... photo and tag us take a photo of yes. the yes. sticker Put and tag us and we'll, and we'll repost it on our story because we love oh, yeah. to see it yes yeah, we're, we're really big on the shameless plug today. The, the, the oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been three and a half minutes um, of us just talking about ourselves. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and I will do more so because, uh, as as you may notice, I have I have a new mic, so you can hear my voice in much clearer quality, for better or for worse. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I had I did you know the kind of simultaneously amazing and painful shopping experience of shopping in a music shop. Because Ooh, there's yeah. so much cool stuff and you want it all, but it's all really, really, really expensive. Yep. Um, the dilemma of musicians. Can't make enough yeah, money it's, to it's one buy of... all the stuff you want to buy, <laughs> which is so expensive. 
it's it's mm. really it's really bad because it's, it's music shop's always really cool and then you kind of go in there and you, you kind of pretend that you know your stuff when you're talking you know to the salesman you're like oh yeah that's you know using your technical terms and um but yeah and then, and then he's like oh yeah so that'll be two thousand dollars like, oh so maybe not um dollars you canadian <laughs> canadian yes canadian dollars as well that's the, that's the equivalent of about five quid so yeah um, that, <laughs> 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 it's oh. nothing anyway okay anyway. so uh right time to get on to the brief um it is my brief this week and the brief i've set is the year 1996 um Ooh. this was the year that bill clinton was re-elected um <laughs> this was the year that uh dolly the sheep was cloned oh. and th- there was another one um what was the other one a not so a not so fun one, I think. No, it would, um, no, it was another one which was more fun. Um, oh, more fun one. Okay, good. Uh, oh not well, the, not not the Taliban um, retaking control of Afghanistan. Well, not when no. they were taking for the first. time. I think it was the oh, first time. For the first time. Oh, in was, of course, yes. God. Which was How many sadly years ago is that? ironic. That is sadly what, ironic. Yeah, twenty five uh, years ago. Yeah, twenty five. Mm. Nicely yeah. done. Damn. So, uh, so did you out? at random pick the year 96 and then look up things that had happened in 96 to justify yeah, that's, that's a good year, Jules. That's a good point. Why did you pick 1996? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I'm going to be honest. I had a song that I wanted to talk about and I was like, oh, uh, a, a year, a I year see. brief. You're like, how a can year I fit this into good. a brief? Mm. Oh, Jules. Mm. Scheming exactly. and plotting. And um, then I found the year and then I realised it's actually quite a good year for music. There were quite a few okay. good good, uh, good songs on the playlist. You know, I wasn't just going to leave you guys out to dry with like the one good song of the year and then <laughs> what was it? <laughs> um, and it turns out other stuff happened as well. But anyway, um, okay, so Zephyr, you're first. What have you brought from 1996? So I've brought a single, which is um, by Prodigy, who are kind of like this kind of weird, like electronic punk kind of D&B. It's a very, a very mixed ma- mismatch of like genres in their style. Um, and this song's kind of like their biggest, like the kind of epitome of that genre, I guess. And that genre has been like kind of been described as big beat genre. Um, which I find entertaining. It's, I think it's kind of like that mixture of like kind of trip hop, but then like also mm. kind of like huge dance, like kind of bits with electronic. And then also like that weird, like I said, the kind of punk with like electric guitars and stuff. And it's, it's really strange, like a really strange genre when you mm. think about it, but then actually when you listen to it, it kind of works really well. Um, and like I kind of other artists, which I am a massive fan of that are kind of similar are like Chemical Brothers and Fatboy Slim. And Chemical Brothers actually went to our school, which is, well, one of them did, which is quite cool. Um, oh. And then Fatboy Slim, I'm not sure where he's from. I think he's, he's England, English, but I think he's from Devon or something. Anyway, um, it's, a, it's a very much an English genre. Um, and it's kind of also got D&B kind of drum and bass styles. And yeah, so I think we should have a listen first and then we can talk a bit more about it afterwards. So yeah, here's Firestarter by Prodigy. Double stars, I 
So yeah, that was Firestarter by the Prodigy. Um, I think I called them Prodigy before, but it is the Prodigy. Uh, Prodigy, I can't speak. Um, as I've come to read, um, this has got it's got. There's a lot of kind of in their music to like kind of a lot of based on sampling and kind of finding these like big break breakbeat drums, um, which is a, a big kind of thing of the like, 90s. And also, this music was um, kind of used because it was kind of popularized in the 90s by like the musicians I mentioned before and the Prodigy. Um, they were kind of a lot of movies and like like kind of movies like The Matrix were kind of had like songs like this and that's kind of where I found them and yeah mm. so this ha- this has like three samples this one it has the breakbeat drums that they're kind of the D&B style drums which are used kind of like again that's also the modern kind of D&B style was popularized by this sort of stuff where they were kind of sampling these kind of drums from like the 80s or from the 70s and mm. then kind of just chucking them in because they're really cool um, so that one, the main one is uh, Devotion by Ten City. And then another kind of quite important part of it, I think it's uh, not, it's one of the synths, I think, is a sample from SOS by The Breeders. Interesting name. And um, yeah, and there's one more. <laughs> the Breeders. Yeah, The Breeders, an interesting name. Um, and then there's another sample called from Close by Art of Noise. I don't know. They're all just samples. I mean, it's kind of, my point is, is that it's a lot of sampling and like the main kind of, like influences of the music was kind of sampling music and that's kind of been it's kind of been perpetuated throughout from then kind of from the 80s and 90s it's kind of been popularized anyway what do you guys think about the the track i thought it was a very zephyr suggestion um but i did really <laughs> like it it was a classic zephyr um but um no i really like yeah. it. I, I do i find it really interesting when like more popular bands kind of sample less popular like less well-known music. Like, I mean, I hadn't really heard of the breeders before, but I think it's kind of cool that most people wouldn't have heard, you know, whatever was sampled in that. And then they kind of use that. And now lots more people would have heard that element of their music, um, which is a nice, nice kind of circle. Um, yeah, that's quite, that's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It kind of brings like, like, cause I always do that. I use, there's this great, I don't know if I, I've probably mentioned this before on this, the, the kind of the website who sampled, um, you just click on it, search a song and it gives you all the samples that are in that song where they find them. And then you can go to that song and be like, Oh, I actually really like this song. Like, um, there's a song getting jiggy with it by Will Smith. It's got, uh, I was listening to it. It's a, it's a great song. It's very funky. So of course we like it. Um, but it's that I realized that the, the, basically the whole packing track backing track is a sample from this kind of seventies funk group. Um, Sister Sledge. Sister Sledge. Sister Sledge, it's, that's Sister the one. He's, it's, he's the greatest dancer, right? Exactly. It's, he's mm-hmm. the greatest dancer. And that's, and that's really yeah, I know, cool. I didn't know Sister Sledge at all until I oh. I was like, I went oh, and really? sampled and I was trying to, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm bad that I don't know that. but Not I even found, We Are Family. Yeah, not even No, obviously I knew, I knew that song. Oh, okay, when, yeah. I, when, I listened, when I found them, I was like, oh, I know this track. I know these people. But I didn't know them, if you know what I mean. Like, I didn't yeah. know them by name. Um, we saw them live. I missed seeing them live. Oh, I, you! I was at that. Cl- oh. I was at that gig, but I didn't see huh? them. Is, is that a festival we both went to? Yeah, oh. it was Cross oh, the Tracks. Right. It's a really good. Yes. Festival. Oh yeah, you were telling anyone me about who that. Likes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyone and... who likes funk, I, I'm plugging yeah. Cross the Tracks for some reason. They're never going to sponsor us, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of music we like. <laughs> um, um, right. Yeah, I mean, like all Zephyr suggestions, it was it was kind of an acquired taste, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, it feels like it's a kind of like a techno rave sort of music, like yeah, uh, like it's like kind of from the night, like kind of in a like a warehouse or in like some random tunnel, like under a 
train station or something. You just like some of these huge speakers just like listening to this and a bunch of people just going absolutely mental. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, we'll go on to uh, Zach's track, I think. Oh, um, you will. Yeah. Um, so I have bought, um, I've gone kind of completely the, the opposite direction from Zephyr, which is not surprising. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I bought um, a track from D'Angelo's debut album um, called Lady. Now, um, I do realize that Lady did not in, actually come out in 96, but uh, on the on the list of 96 hits I was looking at, um, Lady was on it um, because, of course, it was top of the charts in 96 because it was released near the end of 95. Oh, uh, gotcha. So it still counts in my book. That's legitimate. Um, yeah, that's legitimate. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I always kind of find a way to not fit the brief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just that cool outlier. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, this, this tune is like slap bang in the neo soul movement, just very groovy, very in the pocket. Um, I'm going to play a bit of it now and then I'll talk a bit about, a bit about it afterwards. Okay, so uh, that was Lady by D'Angelo from Brown Sugar, his debut album. Um, yeah, I love this tune. Um, it was actually written by uh, Raphael um, Sadiq, um, and he wrote it for D'Angelo, who I think did some of the lyric writing. Um, but um, what's interesting is that actually D'Angelo said he didn't initially like the song. Um, he, he, in his words, thought it was too simple. Um, um, but um, he later changed his mind when he was told by many people that they had made babies to this track. Um, so he started <laughs> to appreciate it more. Um, <laughs> that, that's peak R&B. You know you've done a good R&B track if people have said that. I'm exactly. Not, like, that's that's, that's, that's R&B. That's like Daniel yeah. Caesar, like Scissor, like all that sort of music. Frank Ocean. Like if someone says that to you and you make that music, it's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Big, well, big compliment. Yeah, Mac Eyers and Tom Mish. I mean, you look through... <laughs> yeah. You look through their, the, like the artist on Spotify and all like the suggested playlists are like songs to make out to. <laughs> Best sex playlists. Yeah, my friends, thought, <laughs> my friends thought I was being weird because I saw Daniel Caesar on like one of those albums. So I went and listened to that playlist because I was like, oh, I mm. love Daniel Caesar. I might, I'll probably like the rest of this playlist. But yeah. it was like songs to have sex to. I was like, and my friends all thought I was weird because I didn't go on private on Spotify or whatever and they could all oh, see what I was oh, listening to. Oh, they, all, they all mocked me because they, thought, they oh. thought I was just being a weirdo. But I was actually just trying to listen to some good music. Oh, that is okay. hilarious. <laughs> right, so Zephyr, what's your Spotify username? So everyone uh, can no, go no, 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 that's not public. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, anyway. Um, oh yeah, interestingly about this track is... Um, you might not know this, but uh, Drake heavily sampled this song. Um, yeah. 
I saw um, that on who sampled yeah, the song actually. March 14. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, which, yeah, also great track. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of D'Angelo stuff being sampled. This one, um, I think, was sampled in 15 different songs. Um, yeah, that's why yeah. I saw on who sampled, which is a decent amount. I mean, a lot of R&B tracks are. It's usually yeah. the bass lines. Honestly, that bass line. I was like, it oh, kind of subverts so your expectations, but it's so groovy. It's kind of like a little bit syncopated, yeah. and it's just like it's just kind of it's just mo- it's like kind of walking up and down, but obviously not a walking bass, but it's kind of just going by step, yeah. really, mm. really smoothly, um, and it's just it's just so like groovy. You kind of just want to bop your head. Really, you can really see how it could fit into so many different things. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because like a lot of D'Angelo's tunes were made from samples as well. Like, yeah. you know, just l- later on with. Um, if you guys don't know, he did like a groundbreaking, critically acclaimed album called Voodoo in 2000, um, which like the um, Wonder producer Jay Diller worked on and oh, made loads of the beats too. Okay, um, I'm going to go yeah. listen to that now. Um, <laughs> I oh, love Jay I'm, I'm surprised you don't know Voodoo then. Zephyr. No, I, I probably do. Oh, I'm just, I'm really bad at remembering names of things. So like, right, uh, like right, you'll say right. something to me and I'll be like, sure, no clue what you're talking about. I'll listen to it and be like, I know this well. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, like well, Zephyr, in, in that album, there is a track called I Feel Like Making Love. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then of course, I'll definitely know it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, um, I just thought it was a nice, nice uh, tune. Yeah. It's quite long. There's like after the classic verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. There's like a almost three minute vamp on the groove. I mean, but, maybe that's why he thought it might be a bit boring. Maybe DeAndre. Well, he didn't yeah. say boring. He said like kind of not. But as he does that. But, I think he does that in a lot of his tracks, though. And he does. Uh, yeah. It's just like sitting on the groove that they made because mm. it's so solid. And I, and also, I, I really like it because sorry, because like when sometimes you know there's a really you got a really nice groove and like you feel like the song is kind of too short. But they're really mm. not afraid to like do, and they just kind of could just keep playing the groove for like two minutes, and exactly. because they're I feel like so. When, when, when you're playing, nice. you want to sit on the groove as well. Like yeah. when you're playing, like if and you're playing just, that live, yeah. you just want to sit on that for ages, just like you've got someone... to give you got to give Zephyr time to finish making out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what uh... is this episode? <laughs> so scuffed. <laughs> oh my god Zach, Zach that was right. well, sorry I'm well, actually um, creasing so hard <laughs> um, viewers well, do not I mean, listen to what they are saying it's fake news <laughs> um, sorry about that Zephyr um, I think we should move on um, I think we should I, I, no I just want to I just want to say uh, like my I, the, my favourite bit about this track is like the well the piano kind of well tends to be but um hmm. like i think because it's really it's really very simple they just kind of play the chords there's not too much hmm. uh rhythm going on but the chords them but that what that does is it brings out the chords themselves because they're just hitting them like at kind of good times to like emphasize the chord and the chords are just so nice um, are beautiful. and i and I like I like how they use just a normal piano usually on kind of r&b tracks mm. you get a kind of electric piano a Rhodes kind of thing but they just used a normal piano. It sounds kind of, you know, slightly, you know, it doesn't sound, it's not like a kind of amazing Steinway. It sounds like a kind of, you know, like a, like a kind of pub upright. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really nice vibe. Um, actually, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention as well is um, in the vamp at the end, um, when it's sitting so, so tight for so long, it can get a little, you know, wearing, but what they do is they put in that, baseline kind of fill every so often like they do 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 um which is really cool and mm. 
um, D'Angelo like doubles the baseline while singing. Um, I think it's I can tell they're looking at us. Like I can tell they're looking at us. Um, and it's like a drop, and then the beat comes back in. Um, yeah, mm. man, what a tune! What a tune! Yes. Um, okay. So, what have you um, bought for us? Yes, I I've brought Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai, um, and this is a unbelievably groovy track um the first time i mean so jamiroquai i guess is technically a band but it's basically one one guy whose name i should have on me but i don't and i will have it after the next break um (laughs) (laughs) but uh um a really like i mean jamiroquai could very very well-known funk band but i think virtual insanity probably uh their most successful track ever um hugely hugely popular in 1996 um and it's just the so there's a big big kind of keyboard part well piano part mainly um which lays down the the groove for the whole song the piano groove is the really kind of iconic bit um so listen out for that i'm gonna play it now and then talk a bit more about it afterwards so here it is uh virtual insanity by Jamiroquai and um yeah so the first thing you can hear is the um the piano groove but the way it starts I think is really nice it's kind of a, it's a slow mysterious thing they've got like the strings on like the tremolo little violin thingy and then um the piano comes in and then the drums come in for like the verse and mm. immediately your head is bopping um and you're yeah uh, it's 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 really it's <laughs> It's just really good. Um, I, I actually went to the trouble of transcribing it a couple months ago on, on the piano, and I can tell you that it's extremely complex. <laughs> it's um, yeah. the the chords are there. It's it's very um, kind of clever in that he kind of switches up the order in which he does stuff. So sometimes, so there's like the kind of the main progression, but sometimes it will kind of like start like two bars in or something, and like cycle round from like the second, and then start go anyway. <laughs> It's hard to explain like this, <laughs> but um, yeah, he, 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 sw- he switches up the order. It's very clever. And like, he kind of takes out bars. It's not always just eight bar, eight bar, eight bar, um, hmm. which makes it very difficult and confusing to transcribe. However, um, amazing to listen to because it always kind of keeps you interested. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just so there, and there's also a, a pretty cool kind of bridge section, which drags on slightly. Um, I think in the radio edit, they actually shorten it, but um they yeah but um i, I mean I, I i really wish i had better analysis than it sounds uh, really cool but i couldn't believe I, that you, neither of you guys had heard this before i uh I, i'm surprised i hadn't because you know i love me a good chord progression 
if, if you guys didn't know, I'm a massive fan of Harmony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a big, big old crush really? on Harmony. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, the chords are the chords are great. Um, and it's not just four. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's it's refreshing. Four, it's refreshing. Nice. Yeah. I tell you that. Uh, it's about fifteen. Yeah. I mean, in in my D'Angelo's song, well, not mine. Yes. In, in the one I brought, um, <laughs> there was the groove just had three, but like, you know, yeah, it's awesome. You can um, you can do start good stuff with with both you know few chords and and a lot of chords. Um, exactly. So, oh, Jules, yeah. did you did you manage to get the name of the the guy leading it? Zephyr, you, you did, and you told I me, and I forgot it. I know, so, I can tell. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I was hoping you... <laughs> I'm going to let you have the credit here, because I've forgotten Scra- what Scratch you said. that back. I have found <laughs> who the name of the, the guy who leads it. <laughs> um, it's Jason K. Um, I think he's got, he's got a, AKA, like, something different. I think it's got, like, AKA JK, I think, yeah. It goes as JK. Uh, not JK yeah, Rowling, right. not to be confused. But I actually want to uh, say something. I really like his voice. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very kind of staple of that kind of kind of fusion but kind of pop kind of popular fusion style kind of like it because it is jazz fusion but it's not it's much more popularized kind of more r&b pushing towards more r&b we've all yeah. gone for quite i mean uh, pff, all of us you two have gone for <laughs> yeah. quite r&b yes. i forgot which song i chose for a second um uh it's ironic because i'm very into r&b right now so like i've chosen something very not what i'm listening to but anyway um i really like his voice it's kind of that high kind of funky voice that like kind of fits over that style which I find really interesting. I just kind of, yeah, mm. I like it a lot. Mm. <laughs> there are no else. Yeah, there was <laughs> there, there was a good show. Um, you know the uh, like the Jules Holland annual Hootenanny that they play on Christmas Eve, uh, not Christmas Eve, sorry, New Year's Eve, um, mm-hmm. every year. And last year, because of COVID, they didn't actually have the show, so they were playing like best bits of like shows from years gone by. And yeah. one of the bits they showed was Jamiroquai playing this song in. It must have been. I think it must have been. It might have been the New Year's Eve of nineteen ninety six or something. But anyway, wow. it, was, it was. It was. It was really cool. Actually, it was. Um, I was. I was. I was very excited because a lot of the times you're like, oh, I don't know the song. It's not great. But then the song. The they should, said that they were playing the song. I was. I, was, I was, got really excited. And it, was, it was a good version. Anyway. Um, oh. Okay. So um, there. There goes our, our roundup of the music of nineteen ninety six. All of the music. Yeah. All of the music of nineteen ninety six. We've covered oh, it, every. I'm, which and can. of all of 1996 in general. You know, oh, yeah. In fact, we've covered 1996. <laughs> R&B, that kind of stuff. Ironically, uh, we didn't actually go over our, any hip-hop. But no. Yeah. But, but this um, is like when you know, all those but, kind of big hip-hop artists were exactly. using samples. And they were sampling stuff like the stuff we were looking at today, like the kind of R&B stuff from the 90s and the 80s as mm. well. Exactly. Um, and and yeah, used, even like yeah. 70s and whatever. So um, yeah, so yeah, I guess it's a nice way to kind of to, to illustrate that. You know, so that's when sampling took off. And it's obviously a huge part of music today. And a really, a really I don't know, interesting like side of music of just taking someone else's work you know messing around with it um and making mm. it your own so there ends part one and in part two it's zach's artist spotlight of the one and only stevie wonder so stick around for that
Okay, we are back um, for the second half. It appears that I am actually introducing the second half, not Jules. So uh, I've taken over. Wahaha. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the coup. Jules is being annexed. <laughs> Yeah, well, we yeah. staged the mutiny, Jules, and we think overall I'm a better leader of the Sidetrack Music Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we took wow, a secret okay. ballot. Me and Zeppa took a secret, secret ballot. ballot just <laughs> <asked you. laughs> Let me guess, it was a majority of two. Um, well, I got exact, exactly 50% of the vote. Um, oh, that's um, it. <laughs> you but, formed uh, a coalition. A coalition. Yeah, podcast. we did. We did. Um, well, so today, the artist spotlight is a man, um, well, you've already heard this, but I was very surprised he hasn't been talked about yet. Um, we haven't even legend, done him in the brief yet, have we? I know. It's, it's insane no. because we all are such big fans. But um, the legend, the, the wonder man, the wonder man, huh? Stevie Wonder. Um, <laughs> didn't even realize oh, I did that. <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that was a dad joke um, and a half. Yeah, sorry, sorry guys. Um, well, he's had a, well, is still having a very interesting life musically and just generally as well um and he's an inspiration to on so many musical genres um like just to name a few could be in his earlier years like o-town blues um and then later on like funk and just pop in general um so i'll give a bit of a outline of his life and then i'll talk about some of his kind of musical achievements and maybe delve into some more niche tracks that uh you listeners might not have heard before um so um stevie wonder was born in uh, may 1950 um not to the name stevie wonder i've actually forgotten his real name um but uh i'll, I'll leave you guys to uh, search that up or actually pop quiz <laughs> Our research pop is quiz. really top notch <laughs> um <laughs> do you guys happen to know his uh, real name no, um, I was go- I was actually ready to ask you because I was going to say that can't be his real name. Um, oh, it isn't. Um, his real name is, in fact, um, Stephen Hardaway Morris. Morris. <laughs> he said it the exact same time. <laughs> what a name. What a name. Um, but I don't think anyone actually heard that because you both said it at the same time. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do it again. In unison, uh, one. <laughs> Steve Land Hardaway Morris. That's it. Um, there you go. To be fair, um, I get why he changed uh, his stage I name would to. Get, uh, yeah, that's. It's not quite as cool. You Was know? his stage name always Stevie Wonder? Or... Well, so um, when he started off um, as a very young boy, um, he was given the name um, Little Stevie Wonder, and yeah, he was given the name Wonder because he was like so incredible for his age, um, and I think. As he got older, he just dropped the little and the wonder stuck because he was still wondrous later on. Um, anyway, as I was saying, uh, born in May 1950, six weeks premature, um, which resulted in Ooh. like the growth of his eyes being aborted and him becoming blind. Um, and um, is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. just have a controversy that I don't believe he's blind. I know oh, he you, is. You and your, you and your conspiracy. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I know he is. Like, I know he is. But like every single about. celebrity that has ever hung out with him has said Stevie isn't blind. I think it's what it is. Is actually he has he can see shapes, but he just can't like like very barely properly see shapes. Um, so he because because he, he can drive. Blind? No, I think he is basic. I mean, clinically, I think he's blind. I mean, I don't. What know do you mean he can drive? What, what yeah, that's what I mean. Drive? Like he got in the car with someone, and they no, were like, no. "He was like, let me drive," and they were like, "Wait, Stevie, you can't. You're blind." And he's like, "No, no, I can." And he just like looked it's, back and like started reverse uh, driving, and they were like, what, "This sounds a little is... bit like like a fake story." It, I uh, don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. Because but it was I, a couple I, of years I saw, it, I so saw the. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna, no, isn't this? Because I saw the carpool karaoke clip of him and James Corden, and as a joke at the beginning, he sits in like the driver's seat and they no, make no, it's, it's not that one. It's a different one. It's a different one. Oh. It's like an actual. It was actual like a, someone was saying an anecdotal story. I mean, it could be okay. just completely made up. Well, but anyway, he, I don't something think he's happened blind. to his eyes, which which <laughs> made him at least, if not completely, partially blind. His we're going to get Zephyr. You're going to get us fact checked. You're going to get. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna hey, get taken this is a conspiracy down. theory it doesn't mean it's a very false false oh, information you, you and your conspiracy theories um, yeah so he started playing um piano drums and harmonica from a very early age um and because he started so young and worked at it so hard like at the age of 11 um he auditioned to be signed with like one of the motown labels um and which he got so he was signed at 11 which is like Completely groundbreaking. Nothing like that just to bring you ever. back down to earth and make you, you know, oh, yeah. remember that yeah. you're, you're completely insignificant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're feeling good about your musical achievements, Stevie yeah. had done it all. Stevie yeah. had got a um, top of the charts, I think, by the age of 12. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, really makes you rethink your life decisions. It really, really does. Um, so he released his first two albums, um, A Tribute to Uncle Ray, which would be Ray Charles. Um, it's like lots of Ray Charles covers. Um and then the jazz soul of Little Stevie, um, but both of them didn't get much attention. He was quite young. You know, it's hard to break through. Um, but his third album um, is a recorded live performance called The 12-Year-Old Genius, um, him being 12 years old, if you hadn't sussed that out already. Um, so off this album is a single called Fingertips, um, which was a major hit. Um, and was number one on like uh, the Billboard 100 charts and... Yeah, as I said, youngest ever person to top the charts. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he is still the youngest person to have top, top the charts. I think so, actually. I mean, unless you're counting viral hits, I'm sure there's been a few viral hits, like of, like TikTok people, but I don't think that really counts. Possibly, yeah. But I, don't yeah. Think, <laughs> I don't think, I don't I don't think, think in the same, to the same degree, like maybe Spotify viral charts <laughs> have reached the top, but in, in terms yeah. of actual Billboard charts, I think no one's ever been, Stephen. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to play you the start of this track, um, which you'll hear kind of very confident and enthusiastic Stevie um, just controlling the crowd with this incredible control over the crowd at just the age of 12. Um, and this, I'm not even going to play you like the main part of the song, just you can hear Stevie like at this age and just how musically gifted he was um, with the crowd. So here it is, Fingertips. Fingertips. Now I want you to clap your hand, come on. Jump up and down and do anything that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so that was Fingertips uh, by the little Stevie Wonder, because he was known as the little Stevie Wonder then. Um, and yeah, you could just hear them, like, as you were saying, um, Zephyr, in the break, like, he just incredibly charismatic at the age of 12. Um, 
and just a really cool voice for someone so young. It's like, clap your hands. You guys do whatever you want to do. Like, it just, yeah, so I'd love soulful. to be in that audience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it sounded a lot cooler in the track than it did when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, as, you, as, as you illustrated uh, the, the coolness. Yeah. But he, yeah. He's charismatic and he backs it up with talent. Like, not only yeah. is he just like controlling them by like just being himself, because there's loads of people who can be charismatic. I'm not, I'm not obviously mm. it's incredible to be so young and be so charismatic, but then he backs it up with incredible talent. Right. He wrote everything, didn't he? Like, all of he, that he was wrote him. all of that at the and age then of 12. he did an amazing harmonica solo it's like it's insane yeah so, so that was him wailing away some incredible blues lines um on the harmonica and uh just just before he got the audience kind of really riled up and excited and like let's not forget that all that's going on is just a basic congo beat and he congo congo beat um <laughs> and um he's just like with with his charisma and his crowd control got everyone really excited um over like pretty much nothing happening in the background um and then he starts playing the harmonica and it's like it's really cool and then then the horns come in and it's like you know it's classic like blues inspired like motown stuff but like very soulful you know, yeah you can just it's really i thought it'd be nice for you guys to hear that um before it'd be nice for you to hear that um to like hear his roots um, and see his influences um, and, you know, how it affected his later career, uh, which we'll talk about a bit now. Um, so after this, he kind of went under the radar a bit because um, his voice was changing and he couldn't really get any more commercial success in his um, albums shortly after this. Um, and so he kind of joined Motown as like a composer and a songwriter rather than like a solo um, performer as like the, the Stevie Wonder that we know now. Um, but that all changed um, when at the age of just 18 in 1968, uh, Stevie released For Once in My Life, uh, the album that kind of put him back on the public radar as a successful solo artist. Um, I'm going to play the title track from that, um, For Once in My Life. And you'll hear a kind of change in style, significant change in style from kind of six years previously, um, kind of closer to stevie's classic sound like the more complex harmony um and a slight move away from classic motown sounds um so here it is for once in my life for once in my life i have someone who needs me someone i've needed so long for once unafraid i can go where life leads me somehow i know i'll be strong touch what my heart used to dream of long before I knew Oh, someone warm like you would make my dream come true Yeah, yeah, yeah For once in my life I won't let sorrow hurt me Not like it's hurt me So that was For Once in My Life uh, by Stevie. I'd say this album kind of marked the start of his kind of classic Stevie era. Um, it's just before he kind of discovered synths and really got into that sound and kind of moving towards the funk side of his um, music, um, which we'll talk about now. Um, so, yeah, since the release of this album, which was 1968, age of 18, I think we always forget, he was 18 he was my age when he did this 
which is insane. Um, he, Zach, when, when's uh, your record coming out? When's your number oh, one type chart? Very, chart-topping? very soon. <laughs> um, I'm, ex- I'm expecting a chart topping, yeah. Um, but <laughs> record. Um, a- anytime soon. Um, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no doubt you'll shamelessly plug that once we get on the podcast. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, I mean, after that, he released Sign Sealed Delivered uh, in 1970. Um, which is, if you haven't heard it, absolute banger. We will not play it now because I'm dancing we are to it in my own head. I'm just. But, oh um, yes, I can start singing um, it in my head. Everyone else and doing this, the same. This song. Uh, Sorry. Uh, thanks, thanks, Zephyr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is his first entirely self-produced song. So, um, as in, he played all the instruments, um, and um, which became a kind of habit of Stevie's um, to play as many instruments on his um, tunes as he could. Um, show off. because he knew Sorry. best how he wanted to feel it uh, yeah and he's a show off <laughs> <laughs> actually i think he's really humble he always seems so humble in all the interviews he's oh, yeah. he never seems like he's like flexing even though he like easily is flex could like just by existing he's flexing on everyone else like it's just yeah. like a yeah. perpetual state of flexing <laughs> i don't <mean> <laughs> a perpetual state of what flexing. are you on about so well, it's not the yeah, so it I'm is just, surprising I'm, though, isn't it? That that he kind of did it all himself and would have to like overdub what he'd done. Because mm. you'd expect the grooves not to be that good if they weren't done like together in a studio. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, but a lot like, of stuff kind together. of was done like that, especially if you're in a small... I mean, actually, to be honest, if he was signed, he probably had a good studio. But like a lot of the time, yeah. like, especially modernly, everyone's home studios now. I mean, lockdown, all that. Home studios, that's like, true. and it kind of that sound is kind of, I mean, obviously now with modern technology, everything's quantized. And I don't, don't, don't know if I've ever explained quantization, probably should do some more. I think we did packs. once. Did we? We did. Should I give a recap? It's, it's snapping you, everything it's, into a grid. It's, it's basically yeah, gridding okay. everything and it makes everything sound quite robotic. Um, and obviously that didn't exist back then, but obviously Stevie's musicianship showed through. I mean, his grooves, the one thing I'd say about his drum grooves, they were quite samey, but, that doesn't really matter because I think that's kind of just the style and it, yeah. it works. And I, I, I guess he also kind of did the same because he was obviously very proficient in piano. Um, that was his most proficient instrument, but the rest, mm. I feel like he probably was good, but not like, obviously not the best in his field. I'd say he's one of the best pianists, but not, he's got to be like one of the story. best harmonica players of all time. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I forgot harmonica, but I forgot <laughs> all the others, there's definitely people who are more proficient than him. But that doesn't really I like that his drumming isn't flashy because um, he has an incredible feel. It's undeniable. Um, and like his feel is the same. Like you can hear that it's Stevie playing the harmonica and the piano and the drums. Um, that's why his, his stuff grooves so much because he's he's kind of grooving with himself and he has this kind of unmatchable feel. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, like, you know, yeah, Zephyr, Zephyr, you say, you know, he may not be the best in, you know, the, the best in the world at playing whatever instrument he uses on the track, but the fact that it's, he's written it, right? So he has the exact vision for what he wants it to sound like, and he knows how mm. to execute yeah. that means that it comes out of your, you know, you don't need, he doesn't need, yeah, you know, he to would, be in a kind of anyway, if he needed to, he'd probably, just, if he wanted exactly. a more complicated part, he'd get a drummer in or he'd get a whatever but, in. He, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he can wants, execute what he he knows yeah, exactly, exactly what he wants yeah, you're it to right, sound yeah, like. That's a good, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. There is so much music in the seventies by Stevie. It's kind of ridiculous how <laughs> yeah. much he did. Um, so, like, just a year after this, or two years after this, um, was Talking Book, another album 
um, featuring You Are the Sunshine of My Life and Superstition, which both peaked at number one. Um, and this is when he started to get, you know, interested in using synths and steering towards the funk sound, the classic funk Stevie sound that we know. Um, and, and then shortly after that, uh, Inner Visions in 1973, um, which if you don't know, uh, I would highly recommend listening to the entire album. It's my favorite Stevie album. Um, I think it's kind of his most creative album. Um, he uses so much crazy harmony and tension and release. Um, and just like the title, not the title track, the, uh, the first track too high, um, has this kind of crazy, um, clashing chords that kind of then, um, that then resolve into really beautiful grooves. Um, I want to actually play a track off this called golden lady. Um, which is a beautiful love song um, featuring Stevie on almost every instrument classic. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I'll, I'll do some uh, in-depth theory corner harmony analysis um, after this. So uh, stay tuned. But uh, here is Golden Lady by Stevie. Looking in your eyes Kind of heaven so far cause I'm not afraid to try and go it to know the love and beauty never known before I'll leave it up to you to show it and golden lady golden lady I'd like to go So that was Golden Lady by Stevie Wonder. Um, and I think, Zephyr, that's a track for your for your playlist. Uh, <laughs> Stop with the roast, man. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to decease soon. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. Um, and now Zach has actually physically moved to the yes, theory exciting corner. Times. <laughs> we are, it is actually a corner this time uh, in my room. So... I might get a sign up and a banner. You should get like, some, um, some like a thing to separate it. Yeah, you should get a little, little <laughs> you get like a little curtain so you can have a little fairy corner. Oh yeah. Um, no, oh. I just wanted to quickly go over this um, one device that Stevie uses um, a lot. It's, it's his like favorite thing. Well, I hear it a lot in his songs where he goes kind of um, the top note in a chord, then go like chromatically goes down. It's kind of like it reminds you of um kind of Latin music, like a... oh, yeah. I hear that. Um yeah, so he uses it in the chorus of Golden Lady, which goes like and Golden Lady, Golden Lady, I'd like to go there. Oh, I love this. Song. I think it's we've about... found Zach's number one record album that's coming out soon. It's a cover of Golden <laughs> Lady. That's... Yeah, he sings it about three octaves above what I was singing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, beautiful chords. Um, I'd, I'd even go as far to say my favorite Stevie song. Um, wow. So, uh, wow. I know, I know. That is um, in- okay, a fair enough. That's a statement, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Um, we, we can't not talk about kind of his most critically acclaimed album. Um, and probably his most famous album, um, Songs in the Key of Life, which was released 
1976. It's just a great um, album name, by the way. I just want to say, I like, I, it's, yeah. it's really clever. I love it. It's, it's a really, really good album name. Um, no, I, <laughs> I actually didn't know the album name until recently, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. What a nice one, Stevie. Well done. Um, yeah. I think you just, can say that whenever you're listening to Stevie music. Oh, well, I know, like, every single one is good. I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, It's genius. It ranks fourth in the Rolling Stones' uh, 500 greatest albums of all time, um, which is, yeah. What can top them? What tops them? I I wish I'd researched that. (laughs) Presumably, we'll get back to you. Sergeant Pepper. Probably. Probably Uh, something like that. I feel like uh, I have to. You you keep talking. I'll have a look. I'll I'll keep talking. Um, So, yeah, this album features... um, all, all the great tracks that we know and love, like Sir Duke, Isn't She Lovely, I Wish. Um, but you guys know them already, so I'm not, I'm not going to play them to you. Um, I will instead play my personal favourite off the album, which was actually introduced to me by Jules, um, called As. Um, uh, I'll play a bit now and talk about it later, um, but here is As by Stevie Wonder. As around the sun, the earth no seas revolving Rosebuds know the bloom in early May Just as hate knows love's the cure You can rest your mind sure That I'll be loving you always Now can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow But in passing we'll grow older every day Just as all that's born is new Do know what I say is Okay, that was As uh, by Stevie Wonder. Beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. Um, but one of the things that really makes it for me is um, the incredible feature of legendary jazz keys player Herbie Hancock on Rhodes, um, which really makes it for me, like those beautiful keyboard um, like fills in between the um, melody just oh, adds that whole smooth, smooth vibe. Um, but... Uh, there's some con- controversy here, um, as Jules has pointed out. Um, that uh, I-, I believe there's another version of this that you prefer. Yeah. So, well, okay, I mean, so M- Mary J. Blige and George Michael did a did a cover of this song, which is amazing. So, I mean, t- for starters, I want to say I love the Stevie Wonder song. I think oh. it, it's pro- pro- probably my favorite Stevie Wonder song, um, and like it's so kind of pure and everything. But I think. Um, the George Michael, Mary J. Blige version. They, so they add a bit of, I feel like I might have mentioned it before at some point when I talked about another George Michael song. But anyway, um, it's, so they add, they kind of slightly make it, give it this kind of George Michael style. It's like kind of different drum beat, kind of slightly more uh, like R&B vibes. You know, it adds kind of a bit more of the time. But I think the combination of like the voices of George Michael and Mary J. Blige on this track is, incredible and mary j blige kind of sings a lot with like the backing vocals as well and Mm. the harmonies on those backing vocals are just so amazing and like uplifting and i realized those harmonies are the same ones that they had in cv wonder but there's something on that recording it makes them kind of deeper and mary j blige uh sings amazingly on it and 
the outro as well on the song is really good because they're kind of all dovetailing and the vocals just they're just kind of improvising slightly and it just sounds amazing and i'd say i slightly prefer that version i i think that the reason why the backing vocals even though they're probably the same harmonies i think the reason why they sound better is probably because of the modern production technology yeah that's probably why you have the lower ends and that's probably so i think if they did a remaster or a re-recording of as with like the original group i think you'd probably say maybe that is on par with well better. Um, but it's the it's the main change of the george michael factor i mean i will give you this jules that um the backings they are they are turned up slightly higher volume wise yeah um i think they're a little too low in stevie's version mm. um and you're right uh, mary, mary j blige does blend really well with them um and it's a it's a very good duo the only thing oh, it's is really, it's amazing and i, I actually, uh, actually i remember oh sorry I, I saw um, a, I remember this is very random. I saw some kind of documentary. I think it was when it was about where, when George Michael died. Right. Um, mm. And there was a documentary going on um, about, you know, kind of his life and stuff. And there were interviews with Stevie Wonder. Um, and he said, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he talked about what George Michael and Mary J. Blige did with his song as, and he said he was kind of really like, amazed by and he really liked it i can't remember if he said he thought it, it improved on his version but uh, <laughs> that would be convenient anyway, I, if he did I, for your argument I, wouldn't I, it? <laughs> yeah it would be but i do remember him, him being kind of very complimentary about it and appreciating it i'm not saying yeah. that that's kind of part of my argument i'm just saying you know it's uh, it, it was, i don't know i remember that seeing that interview i was like oh that's cool you know they're kind of appreciating the like how what they did with this song. i mean it's a big yeah. compliment when someone covers your song and like some oh, a massive musician, like a massively popular person, also enjoys your song and then decides they want to put yeah. a version out because it's so good. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, it's probably not a new concept to Stevie, given how popular he is. But <laughs> yeah, there's just one thing. It's just at the start, um, you know, when you when Stevie goes do 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 do, there's something about Stevie's voice, just the tone of his voice that I think is just unbeatable there. And when George Michael does it, I just thought. Uh, it's not the same. Oh, it's just okay. not the same. And, I have to and when he's singing the melody, when George, good old George, George, my guy, is singing the melody, um, <laughs> it's, it's good. And then in between the phrases, there's just space. And there's no Herbie Hancock playing beautiful keys, melody lines in between. Yeah. I'd say on balance, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'd have to give the edge. Well, the, the, not on balance, no, no. I'm making this sound like it's a it's a hard choice for me. It's it's not a hard choice for me. <laughs> it's very easy for me. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, as Stevie says, says, I will always be loving his I, version. I of think God. as the uh, third as the third person in this argument who doesn't really, I'm just been listening because I don't really have an opinion. I'm I'm deciding on opinion, and I think I'm also going to agree with Zach and the, oh. the the original version is better. Have you even Have you even heard the cover? Yeah, I, well, a little oh, bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and... You know what? Let's have a very small gap and play play um, a bit of the cover. That will help my argument. But in passing we'll grow older every day Just as old as born as new You know what I say is true But I'll be loving you
yeah, fair enough, Jules. That is a really, really good version. Um, I'll like, give you, the, I'll give you the, the like the lack of Herbie Hancock has like a, you know, obviously a, a negative effect on it. There's there's still a kind yes. of a keys player on there. It's not quite the same magic, but um, we'll mm. agree to disagree. It's kind of, I mean, to be honest, we, I think we should just appreciate two amazing versions of the same song. Oh, great. There. Like. We, everyone can listen to both of them but you can make up your own opinion uh, let, let us know please do and, and um, send us yeah. send us an email by, by all means telling us your favourite or um, if, we'll if you're living a in a year later than 2005 uh, get, get, send us a message on Instagram or Twitter <laughs> <laughs> that's true thank you for that <laughs> yeah um, we don't like old people go away no no, no I'm just kidding we love you old people um, <laughs> do send us an email if you would like to <laughs> Just um, one more point that will help my argument. We take facts as well. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, the George Michael version is like ever so slightly slower. And it, it always feels like to me, I wish it was slightly faster, just a little bit. Because um, I don't like George Michael's voice enough to, for, to hear that much space with him and his voice. I think I, I think his voice is ever yeah. so slightly too smooth for me. Oh, like it's, too it's, smooth. Okay, interesting. It's almost just like... Oh man, where's the grip? I, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're from. But like, um, okay, but the you've got to admit the Mary J. Blige's voice is oh yeah, like it's beautifully hard, like rough. Yeah, hard it's like it's because really it's, well. it's definitely not too smooth. It's like it's it's like rough and oh. Anyway, it's, it's, she's a proper soul singer. Oh um, yeah, and, her voice fits absolutely perfectly into that section. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> send us an email or a fax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll announce the winner or, or, um, or my, for next podcast. MySpace, anyone? Uh, <laughs> Friendster. Uh, a letter by mail. Um, oh yeah. Good. Telegram. An owl. An owl. Yes. Yes. We take. Yeah. An owl. Anyway, oh, let, let's stop now right. <laughs> with the, with these bad jokes. Yes. Um. Is that, is that is that the end of your artist spotlight? Is sorry, the spotlight yes. turned um, off? Or? The, the spot. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, spotlight is is fading out. Um, I, I have one thing I, mean, I want to. Yes, can I quickly say about a, another song that I? Uh, we, obviously, we're not going to play it, but um, a song I really like of Stevie's is a collaboration he did for the movie Sing, which is an animated movie, and it's actually quite a good movie um, from what I remember. I think I've only seen it once, but he made a song called Faith with Ariana Grande, and it's so good like go both you go listen to it like right now it's actually oh. so good it's such a it's so groovy it's very gospely and ariana grande sings on it really well as well is that based on the george michael song faith by any chance no i don't think it is i think it's a very different one you'll be a george michael fan aren't you jules yeah <laughs> so i couldn't help but notice the coincidence i was like another debate <laughs> Anyway, it's very um, funky and gospely, and it's true. Yeah, just, uh, for yeah. some reason, in my in my mind, um, Stevie Wonder and kind of songwriting just ends at nineteen seventy six. Yeah, but, no, he's he's um, in fact he released a new one with um, Elton John recently. I didn't, oh, wow. I didn't love it, but it's it's there. He made he still makes loads of music. Yeah, <laughs> it exists if you want to go have a check it out. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the, the classic Stevie era era was definitely the seventies, and after that, it was oh like, yeah. No, more commercial then. like collaborations yeah. touring i think film scoring as well um at some points well that is um, an example of film scoring oh 
that yeah. is for well, the movie, yeah. but it's just a really yeah. good song. Yeah. It's on his. It's on his. This is Stevie Wonder. Like it is. I think it is actually a really good track. Like on Spotify, wow. it's, it's counted well, uh, as one of his good ones. So. Yeah, well, you at home, go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, you people at home. Why do I? That was so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, well, I think, oh, yeah. I think we've squeezed all the juice out of that Stevie Wonder uh, spotlight. Uh, <laughs> 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 what a so, weird analogy. Yeah, that's a really weird analogy. <laughs> it's just an expression. Oh, God. Uh, it's definitely uh, time for us to end. We've been recording for way too long. This episode's gone on quite long, I hope. I hope it was worth it. If you've stuck around to the end, well, uh, thank you. And I, I hope, we hope you enjoyed. Um, I think this must have been one of the more entertaining episodes. <laughs> so we, we've talked about the year 1996, uh, politically, uh, geopolitically, as well as the, the music scene. Um, we've talked about Zephyr's Spotify preferences. Um, <laughs> and Zephyr's bedroom activities. Stop yeah. bullying me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually oh going god. red. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm going. I'm crying. Um, and finally, well, we um, we we talked about Stevie Wonder um, for way too long, and we've also somehow managed to end up talking about George Michael um, as well. But um, that's for another artist mm. spotlight. But in the meantime, um, please do subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more. Um, get in touch on our socials uh, or, or fax or MySpace, as we were saying earlier. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in, in two weeks' time with another, with another episode. So thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. Sidetracked, the music podcast. Mm-hmm.